I want everybody to know in this house that every joint supplies. Don't ever think that you're one of the least because everybody play a part in the body of Christ. And one part is just important as the other because we make up one body, which is Jesus Christ. So if there's any part that's missing, guess what? What happens? It messes up. The body is not going to work. It's not going to function the way it needs to function. So God want to give you a message today. And I pray that your hearts are open and that your hearts are receptive to what God is bringing today. So, Father, I thank you for the word of God, the word of truth. And I thank you for sanctifying us in truth today. For your word is truth. And God, we receive truth on today. And we thank you for the one that walks alongside of us, the one that strengthens us, the one that helps us, the one that brings the word back to our remembrance and reveal all things and make all things known unto us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. And Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And God, I thank you on today that we have been chosen by you, that we have been adopted by you. God, that we have been created, God, in righteousness and pure holiness. God, I thank you that we are children. We are the children of a king. And we just thank you on today, Father God. We thank you that we have been sanctified. We have been reconciled. We have been justified. We thank you for the blood of Jesus on today in the name of Jesus. And we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. How many know that we can't make work what's already has been made to work? How many know that on today? Do we really, really know that on today? If you know that today, I'm going to give you a word of encouragement. The struggle is over. The struggle is over. Because if you know that God has already done everything that needs to be done, then ask yourself, why am I struggling? See, some of us are still struggling. We're still going through certain things. And I want to tell you something. There's not a person in this room that have not been through or that's not going through even at this moment. But when we know what he's done, then we, have, we can let go of that. We can cast all our cares upon him because we know that he cares about us. How many know in this place that you cannot fix what's already fixed? Come on, when we get low with money, we always trying to find a way to make more money. But when we know that God has already blessed us with spiritual blessings in heavenly places, come on, we let go of our way. When we know that he's already given us power to get wealth, we let go of our way and we begin to thank him. And we begin to stand and say, God, I have everything I need to do what you have called me to do. Because he's already done it. So open your Bibles to Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. And I think all of us, when we go on a fast, we turn to Isaiah 58. But I'm going to break down Isaiah 58 with the help of the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to go to Isaiah 58, 12, and I'm going to work my way back up. Amen. 
Isaiah 58. And as we know, Isaiah was a prophet. He was a mouthpiece for God. So whatever God told him to spoke, speak, that's what Isaiah spoke. Isaiah 12 says this, 58, 12. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shall rise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. I'm going to read this again. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the paths to dwell in. What is Isaiah telling God's people? You may be seated. I want to talk about the repairer of the breach. First of all, when you look at a repairer, it's somebody that's coming in to repair something. But what Isaiah was saying here, the repairer of the breach is dealing with these old waste places. It's dealing with the Jerusalem wall that was torn down. So a repairer is one that come in to repair a wall. A breach is a gap that's in that wall that need to be repaired. God has sent me in this house on today to be a repairer of the breach. But I want to tell you, in being a repairer of the breach, we have to understand that it's not only my job that I'm assigned to, but it's your job as well. But what God do, he give you somebody that's after his own heart to bring in um, the word of God, to let you know how to be a repairer of the breach, to let you know how to stand in the gap, to fill those gaps so everybody can get what God has already provided. See, we look up to one person or one individual when he's saying, and they that shall be of thee shall build, build. That means believers. These people were in covenant with God. These are the ones that Isaiah was talking to. So that means all of us can be part of building. We need each other. It ain't a one-man show. See, some people get it mixed up and messed up. I'm going to say it again. Some people get it mixed up and messed up because when God will give you a word, when he give you the word from him, God is starting you off in that, but God is going to use you to help somebody else to even get the word that he gave you. But sometimes we'll hold on to that and think that's just for us. It's not just for you. God gave you that word so you can meditate on it. So as God began to deal with you, you can deal with others. But if you don't allow him to deal with you, you don't need to be dealing with nobody. So what was happening in this passage of scripture, now through this, this was an encouraging word right here. You're going to be a builder. You're going to be um, a repair of the breach. That was so encouraging. But we got to go back to verse 1 to, that led up to verse 12. See, sometimes we'll pull one verse. Oh, that's me. I'm a repair of the breach. But if you don't understand what God was saying to Isaiah, then you need to hold your horses and you need to sit still until you can get some revelation, until some light is shed on that one verse. And what this is saying is, in the beginning, God spoke to Isaiah. He said, cry loud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Y'all, is a trumpet loud? He said, cry loud, Isaiah, spare not, because God had a message for his people that was going to come through Isaiah. 
And see, Isaiah had to be the one to cry loud and spare not, meaning that Isaiah couldn't look at his mama, his daddy, his sisters, his brothers, his friends. He couldn't even look at his acquaintances because God said, I'm putting a word in your mouth. That I want you to speak unto these people. And the people God was speaking to was Israel. It was Judah. God said, I want you to cry loud. Spare not. Be like a trumpet. And he said, show my people their transgressions. The house of Jacob their sins. So God said, you got to show them. You got to make it known to them their sins, their transgressions. Remember what we said about sin. Sin is where you miss the mark. A transgressor is somebody that know what the word is saying, but you do opposite to what the word is saying. You know, like a stop sign, you know, you're supposed to stop, but you go through that stop sign. So that means that you're guilty. Then we have iniquity. We know iniquity is what you know, and you repeatedly keep doing over and over again what you know. We talked about that, didn't we? Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Because he know that all of us missed the mark. That's why he sent Jesus. He know all of us would keep transgressing. He know all of us would be in iniquity. This is why he said, I have to forgive you for past, present, and future sin. Oh, y'all catch that thing. He said, because I know you mess up on a daily basis. Even your thoughts are wrong. Even when you ain't saying it, some of you still curse in your mind. Some of you look at a person and smile with all 32 and cursing them out with everything you know. So God knew all of this, but he made a way for us through Jesus. But he told Isaiah, he said, I want you to make known to these people their sins, their transgressions. What was going on? This is the part that he said, yet they seek me daily, delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They asked of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. What was he telling the people? He said, Isaiah, this is what I want you to tell the people. They're coming to the temple. They're worshiping me. They're seeking me. They're asking me my laws. They're asking me their, uh, my ordinances. But their heart is far from me. He said, on the outside, they look like they're doing everything right. But they're not doing it right. So what is God saying right now? We can come to church. We can get in our positions and we may look like we're right, but the heart ain't right. And if the heart ain't right, what you're doing ain't pleasing unto God. So God said, I'm after the heart. He said, because with your lips, you praise me. You honor me with your lips. But he said, your heart is far from me. So he said, Isaiah, I want you to come in and I want you to make known to these people their ways. And this is what was happening. The people were upset with God because they say, here we are fasting before you. We're afflicting our souls. Now, when you go on a fast, yes, you afflict your soul. How do you do that? By humbling yourself. You're saying, I'm not giving you what you want. So when you go on a fast, that's showing humility because you're getting rid of you. So they're saying, this is what we're doing. We're going on a fast, but God, you're not answering us. You're not seeing what we're doing. And then God began to tell them, this is why I'm not answering you. First of all, your heart ain't right before me. You coming before me and you act like you're doing everything right. Come on, y'all. We come before God. We church folks. (laughs) 
You know, we come in the house of God, we, we praise him, we sing, we dance, you know, we lift up our hands before God. But God said, your heart still ain't right before me. You can lift up your hands all you want. You can even come into the house and say, I'm going to fast today, not even going to eat breakfast. He said, but I know the heart of a man. He said, I know where your heart is. So everything we do for the Lord, our heart have to be right in doing it. So we look at, he's telling them what the problem is. He said, and you wondering why I'm not answering you? You wondering why I'm not showing up? He said, because even in your fast, you are oppressing the workers. Come on now. You, you having pleasure. You delighting in pre- pleasure. You oppressing the workers. You not doing what you need to do for the poor. But yet and still, you wondering why I'm not showing up? He said, because you are selfish. Even on your fast, you fast with strife. You fast with debate. How were they fasting? They were praying and saying, Lord, allow them to see what I'm talking about. Allow them to know that I'm right. Selfishness. Even on their fast, having fist fights. Even on their fast. He said, this is not an acceptable fast unto me. So God began to show them what a chosen fast was. And basically paraphrasing it, he was letting them know a chosen fast is getting over you and helping somebody else, having love, having compassion towards somebody else. He said, that's what a chosen fast is. When you go on a fast, it's really not for you. You know what it does? It helps to build you up to do what God has called you to do for somebody else. But when we go on a fast, we go on a fast because we want something from God. I need more money. I need a mate. I need a new house. I need a new car. It's always I, I, I. So God said your fast is wrong because it's selfishness. It's all about what you want. When we know what he's already given us, why are we fasting for something we already have? So God said, this is why I'm not hearing you. He said, because you chose this fast. So they try to act like they were doing something to please God. And this is what's happening in the church today, y'all. We try to act like we put doing something for God, doing God a good service. This is what's happening in church. We come in church with the wrong mindset, with the wrong heart, and it's just all about me. Oh, I get to do this today. Still about you. Oh, the people are going to hear me today. Still about you. It's about hearing the word that God is sending through you for today. And that starts with the pulpit on down. We cannot make it about us. Because if it was about us, none of us would be. What I'm saying is, if God chose today to say, you deliver yourself, we would have been dead. This is why Jesus had to be a restorer of the breach. This is why Jesus had to stand in that gap. He had to stand in the gap so he could close it. So the enemy wouldn't be able to come in. But what are we doing? We're trying to come up with our own rituals. We're trying to come up with our way of being right. Well, I didn't do this right, but I done that right. If you've done one thing wrong, according to the law, you've done everything wrong. You are guilty. 
And this is why you can't look at it that way. You got to look at what Jesus have already done on your behalf. And when you know his love and what he has done, it will stop you from running a stop sign. You would see that stop sign afar off and know it's there before you get there and you'll start slowing down. Why? Because you have come, become acquainted with his love. You have become acquainted with his way of doing things. So God was telling them, this is what you're doing, but this is my chosen fast. So he began to go over his chosen fast. And as he did this, then God began to tell them, you know, healing will come forth. He was telling them what will come forth, but this has to be dealt with first. You can't even be a repairer of the breach. You can't even be a restorer to bring back. Until you get you together. And what am I saying? You got to get these gaps in your life closed. Some of us don't want to spend time dealing with us because that's tough. If I spend time dealing with you, I never deal with me. No, me, I never deal with you. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we get ourselves so in binds, so in things that we shouldn't be in, that we just bury that thing. We just cover it up. Because we don't want to deal with that thing. But how many know that thing come back and bite you in the butt? But God wanted me to encourage you today to let you know that God sent Jesus to restore the kingdom back to us. See, Jesus was a restorer of the breach. He came in to give us back what was lost. And see, he came back to tell us what we had. But he said, in order to get into this kingdom, you have to come through me, which is the door. But he had to discuss the kingdom first, what the kingdom was about. Let me tell y'all something. People today that don't know Jesus are living in the kingdom of, of darkness and loving it. They're loving it because they think that's the way that they should live. They think that they got everything that they need and they don't need nothing else. I got money. I got a woman, I got a man, I got a house, I got a car. House may not be that big or a car may not look that good, but I got it. And then still trying to find ways to get other things by doing it the way of the world. The way of the world say scratch them numbers. Keep giving your money to scratch numbers. People pay more money scratching numbers than giving into the house of God. But when it comes to the house of God and doing what God want us to do, we always say I ain't got it. You can't be no repair of the breach. So this is what God is bringing in the house to let you know. In order to be a repair of the breach, to build, um, to restore, to bring back what God um, has given us, we have to close these gaps in our lives. We have to let go of things that we're holding on to, that we don't want to let go of because we think those things make us. See, you were created in the image of God. You were created in his image. You have his spirit if you're born again. And when you have his spirit, when you're born again, you have his kingdom on the inside of you. So you are subjects in that kingdom. You are citizens in that kingdom. So you want to learn what that kingdom is doing. And as you learn what the kingdom is doing, you can go out and represent that kingdom. You can't even represent a kingdom if you don't know what that kingdom is about. And that's what Jesus came to remind them of. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is within you. 
So we have to release that kingdom. And as we release that kingdom, people want to be a part of that kingdom. And then we tell them, this is how you be a part of that kingdom, by accepting Jesus Christ. I, I have never... If I go to a restaurant and that restaurant good, guess what? You're going to hype up that restaurant. You're going to tell them how the people, how the people were. You're going to tell them how the waiter was. You're going to tell them every detail. You're going to tell them when you walk in the restaurant, how good that restaurant looked, how the people were dressed and how it was, you looked down and it wasn't nasty. Everything was so much in order and they come to your table so much you never missed them. Then you're going to say, and then I ordered me a salad. I never seen a salad prepared that well. And then you're going to be describing, y'all know how people describe everything that's in the salad. Well, you know I have them onions in mind, but you don't have to have onions. But them was the best onions I ever tasted. Now, I tasted onions that color, but it didn't taste like this. So they must have put something on these onions that just brought that taste out. And then as you're talking about it, guess what? Y'all saw them onions, didn't you? You saw them onions, and then they began to say, they didn't just have that hard lettuce in the bowl. See, they had that lettuce that you knew that was fresh. They had a little bit of romaine lettuce in there. They had a, a little bit of this in there. They had some spinach in there. They had some tomatoes, and they had some cucumbers. And I'm telling you, they had some croutons in there. And I'm telling you, some cheese on top. I'm telling you, it was so good. You don't want to miss that salad. Order the salad. And some of you never wanted salad, but just because you meditated on what I said, soon as you sat down, you said, could I have a salad, please? I remember uh, my little granddaughter, Jayana, Holy Spirit, bringing it back to me. She would never eat spaghetti, y'all. When she was little, I fed her spaghetti. But as she got older, she didn't want spaghetti no more. So I had cooked spaghetti, and I had fixed area her spaghetti what was left and we knew yana don't like spaghetti so you know it's no spaghetti left she have to eat something else so yana say mima i want some spaghetti i said huh you don't eat spaghetti she said well mima i want to try something new <laughs> i said well ariel give her some of your spaghetti and she ate all of it do you know why she wanted to try something new because we talked about that spaghetti Oh, y'all better grab hold to what I'm telling you. See, when you begin to talk about something, I don't care how nasty it may look, you're going to bring some goodness to what you're talking about. And as you begin to talk about it more and more, it makes people want what you got, y'all. So when you go into the word of God and, well, when you're taught about the kingdom, just like you coming in here today and I'm teaching you the things of God, I'm teaching you about the kingdom. And as I teach you these things, you're supposed to go out and teach others what you have learned. But even before you go out, you're supposed to be listening to what's being said and then you go home and you study it out for yourself and you meditate on it so guess what when you go to work you don't even have to think about what you're going to say when you hold a conversation you begin to talk about where you've been but this is what we do we come into the house of God we hear the word of God and we leave and don't even pick it back up let me let me paraphrase it because somebody getting offended some of us See, I smell offense. Some of us. Y'all know God got ears, don't you? 
So some of us may go home and not do nothing with it. But I don't know about you, but when I get something that's good and I taste it and know how good it is, Come on, I want to go in there and get some more. It makes me want to go into the word of God and study to show myself approved. A workman that need not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. And I will begin to say, this is what Apostle Amanda got from it. But Lord, I want you to give me my revelation from this word. I want you to enlighten me. I want you, Father God, to open up my heart so I can be able to understand, perceive, take knowledge of what was spoken on today send me some illumination God Holy Spirit you are my helper teach me today I want to be taught the word of God today and I'm going to stay here I'm not going to move until I hear the word that you got come on y'all when you sit there And you have a steadfast mind and you determine because you say God I don't want to leave the same way I come in Because, God, I know there's more, there's more, there's more. It may be the same word that I read, but, God, evidently you want me to hear something else. See, so many people, some people, are so full of pride. Well, I already read that. I don't care if you read it 24-7. It's still something there God wants you to eat. It may be one word. He said, chew on that word. Because that one word is going to connect you to what I'm saying. Just stay right there with the word thou. Thou what? Stay there. Don't you move off of thou because thou is going to connect you to the rest of that verse. Stay right there. Some of us don't have time to stay there because we got our minds on everything else. But God is saying today, I want to send out repairs of the breach. I want to send out those that can stand in the gap for those that are lost. I want to send out those that can tell people about what my kingdom have to offer. You don't have to be in darkness any longer. Well, I ain't in darkness. Oh, yes, you is. Because my kingdom has come to bring you some light. My kingdom has come to give you healing, even in the midst of your, well, I didn't tell you I was sick. Well, I'm telling you right now, God has provided healing for you in the kingdom that I'm from. And you don't have to wait on that healing. I'm saying right now, be healed in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden they say, what I felt, I don't feel it no more. Let me tell you something. Not only is he giving you healing today, but this kingdom come to bring you peace. Because you felt like you have lost your mind. But I'm here to tell you today, God is saying, peace be still. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And all of a sudden they said, I feel a peace on me. Like I have never felt before and they begin to run they begin to dance they begin to shout and they say oh I want to be a part of what God's kingdom is doing because I never felt like this before and guess what that's when you say this is how you come into this kingdom Jesus is the door and you begin to tell them what Jesus done oh y'all it's so good when you know it for yourself see sometimes we think we out there Bringing people in, but we ain't doing it the way God is telling us to do it. Oh, I break that power of offense in the name of Jesus. Because if you know you're doing it the right way, don't talk about me up here. God is saying, when you spend time with me, you spending time with my kingdom. Because I'm a God of light, not darkness. I come to bring light into a dying world. 
So God is saying, tell my people, I have sent you to be a repairer of the breach. And then he took me back, y'all. Through the years, I have come to understand that everywhere I went, they would tell me, you have a Nehemiah spirit. I never understood it until I began to read the book of Nehemiah. I had to connect with what they were saying. So we're going to go to Nehemiah because I'm going to break this down to you to let you know how you start off to be a repair of the breach. First of all, you have to be a part of the kingdom. You cannot repair, um, bring in a kingdom if you're not a part of that kingdom. I don't care if it's a kingdom of darkness or a kingdom of light. Go with me to Nehemiah 1. Y'all, this word got me leaping. And Nehemiah 1, I want to show you this. Nehemiah had gotten a word. And the word that he had gotten in verse 2, he said, certain men of Judah, so he was asking about the people of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which was left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. Understand this. Nehemiah was asking about the people that was left there. In Jerusalem. So that tells me that Nehemiah's heart was after the people of God. You have to have a heart that's for the people of God, that's after the people of God. And in order for Nehemiah to have that heart, Nehemiah had to forget about Nehemiah. See, this is why the enemy keep us stuck on us. Because if he can keep you so much in you, you ain't going to help nobody else. So Nehemiah's heart was towards the people. How do I know? And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction, that means trouble, and reproach, humiliation. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down. The gates thereof are burned with fire. Now, if we are part of the kingdom, and we know what the kingdom represents, we know what we have in the kingdom, why would we want to leave somebody else in darkness? See, if we have a relationship with God and know how good God is and know how much he loves us, how can we walk past someone else that's going through and keep it moving? Because we got the heart of God. When you got born again, you got his heart. You got his character. You got his love. But the reason why all of this is not flowing out of us is because we have not gone into the word of God and begin to develop our relationship with him, the word. Because the more you develop your relationship, you're going to hate what God hate and you're going to love what God love and you're going to want what God want. Nobody don't have to hype you up because God hates sin. That's why he sent Jesus. Sin separated us from our loving father. So Nehemiah, when Nehemiah heard this, it said, and it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept. Can I ask y'all a serious question? How many, when you hear of somebody being sick or you hear somebody house burnt down or you hearing of somebody being in so much stuff that it's just too much that you weep on the inside. That you have concerns for those people and that, that moment you stopping and doing what Nehemiah done. 
Do you know why Nehemiah was like he was? Because he had a relationship with the father. What hurts the father hurts Nehemiah. What hurts the father, Jennifer Simpson, should hurt us. Because the father loved us so much, he took away sin. He took away sickness. So don't you know that when the father see us sick, it's hurting him? And when we see other people sick, it should hurt us. We should have some compassion, but for some reason we have compassion on some folk and don't have it on others. But we should have compassion on everybody we see. Like my daddy will tell me, he'll go down there to the rest home and he'll visit um, his aunt, my aunt. But when he go, his sister-in-law, but when he go down there, he don't stop at her room. He look into other rooms and he go in those rooms and he encourage those. He ain't just coming for her. He's coming from whomever God want him to stop and minister to. To say, you're not forsaken. God love you too. I come to bring you some light in the midst of your darkness. You're not alone. Though your family ain't here, God is here. Because he sent me in this house to remind you that he loves you. So we don't just pick and choose whom room we're going to go into. Because we represent the kingdom and everywhere you go. See, for some reason, we love hoovering around our family. We love making sure our family is taken care of. We at their bedside. But it's somebody else that don't have a family. It's somebody else that don't have food on their table. Let me tell you, that's when we're supposed to come together and say, what can I do? But we so in love with our family. We're all one in the body of Christ. So whoever is hurt, we're supposed to be hurt. Whoever's in trouble, we're supposed to be in trouble. Our money should reach farther than our family. Ooh, nobody don't want to hear it. Because we're kingdom people. We represent the kingdom. It don't matter what they're in. It don't matter what they've done. When we step in darkness, light is come in the midst of that darkness. I don't care if they're a drug dealer. I don't care if they're a prostitute. I don't care if they're a murderer. When God sent us in, they're supposed to come out of darkness into the marvelous light. Now you're part of my family. We're brethren. We're sisters. Shouldn't be no different. Hmm. So Nehemiah, he began to weep before God. You know, some people say, well, apostle, this was his assignment. That's why he weeping, because God gave it to him. Hold up. Yes, he did. He gave Nehemiah that assignment, just like he gave me my assignment. But God was dealing with Nehemiah because God was already in Nehemiah's heart. For the people of God. As he began to weep. He did more than that. Nehemiah said. Let me get rid of me. He began to fast. Not only fast. But he began to pray. Now when you go on a fast. Guess what? You're getting rid of you. A fast get rid of what you want. A fast get rid of what you want. It's killing your flesh. It's saying flesh. I ain't giving you food. I'm not even giving you television. I'm not even giving you what you want. 
because I'm getting rid of me, myself, and I. If you on a fast and ain't got rid of you, get off of it. Because a fast is saying, I'm afflicting myself. I'm taking away from me so I can hear what God has to say. So we see here that he began to fast and he began to pray. But the first thing Nehemiah recognized, he said, I beseech thee, O God of heaven, the great and terrible God. He was acknowledging God first. But when that word say great and terrible God, that don't mean he was a terrible God. He said, I'm honoring you, God. I'm reverencing you. I'm reverencing you, God. I'm honoring you. I'm honoring your word. I'm showing respect towards you. That's why he said, you are a great and terrible God. You are a great God to be honored. You are a great God to be respected. So I'm humbly submitting myself to you. I'm getting rid of me so I can hear from you, God, because I respect you. So Nehemiah began to say that. But as he began to say that, he said, a God that keep his covenant. See, he knew about God. He knew God is a God that keep his covenant, but he went farther than that. And he said, and love him and observe the commandments. But the next thing he began to tell him was he began to recognize the sins. He began to recognize what was keeping them from God. Because the reason why those walls got torn down in the first place was because when God told them not to, they did it. When God told them not to, they did it. They knew what they didn't supposed to do, but they kept right on doing it. So God said, okay, now you done got a gap up in here. So being that there's a gap here, I'm going to let the enemy come on in. See, we blaming it on God. Well, God, why you let this happen to me? God ain't letting nothing happen to you. You let that happen yourself. Because why would God allow something to happen to you when he allowed his son to die for what's happening to you? So he began to repent. We know repent means to have a change of mind. It means that you're changing your mind from your way of thinking to God's way of thinking to God's way of doing. When you truly change your mind, you turn. Look at your neighbor say, is your mind changed yet? Say, time will tell. When your mind is changed, your ways change with it. You ain't going to do the same thing you used to do. You ain't going to act like you used to act. You ain't going to talk like you used to talk. So Nehemiah began to repent, not only for him, but for the sins of the people. He was a good leader, wasn't he? He was standing in the gap even for them and even for himself. He just laid it all down. But how many know that Jesus paid the price for all of our sins? Now, our repenting today is acknowledging what we have done, but we already know that it's already been taken care of. But when we acknowledge what we have done, then we let the enemy know, you don't have in in my life in that area no more because I have acknowledged this and the blood of Jesus have already washed this away in my life. So Nehemiah was getting everything, y'all, out the way that will stand in the midst of him and God. Okay, go back to Isaiah 58. Is that what was not happening? The people were saying one thing, but they were doing another. But Nehemiah was crying out from his old heart. And he was asking God, 
you know, for that forgiveness, for everything that they've done. He knew they'd done it. Have y'all ever seen people that know what they're doing and say, I ain't done nothing? Have y'all, have y'all ever been around people? They, they, you seeing what they're doing and they so uh, used to doing it. I ain't done nothing. Because it become a part of them. That's a part of their norm. So after Nehemiah done all of that and spoke to the Lord about that, then this is the next thing that he did. He said, now, Lord, I need favor because I'm the one that stand before the king as a cupbearer. So Nehemiah had a position. He had a job to do. I don't care what kind of job you own. If God has given you a burden for something or somebody, and that burden is so heavy that you can't even do your job because of the burden that you're feeling for maybe an individual or maybe for a nation. And you begin to cry out to God on the behalf of that nation. You're standing in the gap because you're going to be the repair of the breach. Guess what God will do? God will release some favor to you from whomever you up under. God said, if you ask, you shall receive. If you seek, you shall find. He said, if you're not, the door shall be open unto you. But we got to ask according to his will. See, God is going to put these things on your heart. He said, if you delight yourself in me, he said, I will give you the desires of your heart. So we got to take pleasure in the things that God take pleasure in. We can't be delighting ourselves in things that's outside of him. So chapter one, he began to seek the Lord. He began to fast and he began to pray. Then in chapter two, he was doing his duties before the king and the king looked at Nehemiah and the king say, you look like your heart is heavy. You look like you carrying something. You don't look like the same person that stand before me. And Nehemiah began to say, how can I, the way that I'm looking is because my people, see, he said, these are my people. See, it was outside of his family. It was all of his people. See, this is what we're forgetting y'all. We only look at what go on in our house. It's more people out there that got worse off situations than we got. So that's when we need to pray and say, God, I know what's taking place in this house, but it's worse off people than this house. So Lord, give me the strength and give me the ability to do what you have called me to do outside of this house. Because if, when I take care of your business, my business already taken care of. See, we spend too much time hoovering over the things in our house, what we ain't got. When we going to get them? I've been waiting 20 years and I ain't got them yet. God said, when you take your mind off of you, and when you go and look in other people's houses that don't even have a couch to sit on, don't even have a bed to lay in, have raggedy mattresses with holes in them, and they still giving God glory. And we sleeping on a mattress, oh, my back hurt. I got to get rid of this mattress. Well, didn't you buy that mattress two weeks ago? It got to go. And somebody's sleeping on a mattress with no sheets. But we so concerned about what we don't. God said, wait a minute. You want me to use you in the kingdom and you still selfish? He said, and you just fasted? Do you know why most people fast? So they can be seen. Heard and attached to. And you know when most people fast, when they're getting sent somewhere. <laughs> when they got to be the one speaking. 
They, they go on a fast. Don't mess with me. I'm be on a fast all day. I'm going to close my door. Y'all done got past that. You know why I get past that? Because every day is a fast before the Lord. Every day is a day I'm supposed to afflict my soul before the Lord. Because I don't know when a day is going to come when God sent me into a strange place that I have never been in before. But when I'm building myself up on a daily basis, when God say go, I don't have to say, wait a minute, give me three days to fast. And then what we do when we get ready to go somewhere, we want to make sure everything is right. It should be right before you go. You have the Holy Spirit. He will bring to your remembrance if you offended Miss Mary. And that's way before he sent you out. This is what a repair of the breach do. You got to get your gaps closed first. Before you go out there and try to close somebody else's. Because the enemy see you. He know what you're about. But when you're coming up in a place and you armed and you dangerous. See, you got your gun loaded. You got your armor on. You ain't worrying about what people think about you. Because you shooting. Every which way you go, you shooting. You shooting from the hip. Why? Because you're shooting from the word of God. The hip is where that belt of truth is. And when that sword come out, ooh, look out. Because it's getting ready to cut. See, some people look at the crowd and see, ooh, better not say that. What did God tell you to say? See, you done messed up right then because you're looking at people instead of looking at him. You are a kingdom citizen. You belong to the kingdom. You don't worry about trying to hurt somebody's feelings. No, you bring in light in the midst of darkness so they can come out of the place that they're in. So Nehemiah, when he stood before the king, he began to tell the king the situation. And then he told the king that he needed to take leave from his position. But hold up. This is what Nehemiah did. Even when the king asked him, he asked him first, Nehemiah, what's going on? Nehemiah prayed within himself. He began to seek the kingdom even before he answered. How many of us seek the kingdom before we even answer sometime? Because I know me. When I'm talking to people, I say, Holy Ghost, right while they're talking, help me to answer that question. Help me to answer that question. Because at this point, I don't have knowledge of it myself. That ain't my career. <laughs> So I need an answer from the kingdom. And when you sit there and get quiet before him, oh, he bring it out. And you be like, dang, I need to be getting paid. Because <laughs> I know that didn't come from me or a PhD. It come from the kingdom of God. And this is what some people uh, uh, say to you. Wow, that's just what the doctor see. Except it was in a different way and I felt it. So God is going to be above the kingdom of darkness. So we see that Nehemiah prayed and then he was asking for favor. God gave him favor, y'all, through this king. He said, how long are you going to be gone, Nehemiah? So he got favor there. But then Nehemiah told him, he said, could you send a letter to the one that's going to be on the other side? And he sent him a letter and actually he, he said, I'm going to need this right here to build them wall." He even gave him what he needed to build the walls. What am I telling you? When God sends you to be a repairer of the breach, I don't care if you don't have no money in the bank. 
God will send you to the bank. He'll send you to the ones that have what you need. See, our problem is we try to figure it out instead of trusting what God has already done. God ain't going to send you nowhere without giving you what you need. So Nehemiah went, y'all, and this is the thing. When Nehemiah went, the enemy was waiting. Sanballat, Tobiah, they heard about what Nehemiah was getting ready to do. So they were right there waiting. So this is what the enemy do. When God give you something, when you're getting trained concerning the kingdom, he don't want to let you go. So what he's going to do is he's going to try to bring something to stop you from doing what God has called you to do. So it said that they were waiting for him. But anyway, Nehemiah got up in there and he looked at everything. He didn't tell nobody he was coming. He didn't tell nobody what was on his heart. You know, sometimes we tell stuff too quick. Before we even go do what God tell us to do, we done told somebody. And that's how trouble get in your way. God didn't tell you to tell nobody. He told you to go check it out. He said, I want you to go first. So Nehemiah had to be obedient to God. And Nehemiah said, I didn't tell nobody. They didn't know I was coming. So the enemy knew what was going on. But the people, all the people didn't know what was going on. But check this, y'all. After he observed everything, that's when he began to call the people together. And he began to tell them the favor that God had given him. And then it said that the people come together because they was um, ready to work. But then when we get here, y'all, after they were coming together and ready to work, this is what I want to show you. Remember, God uh, got Nehemiah right first, right? Nehemiah had to get before God. Nehemiah had to get every gap closed. He had to get everything out of his way. Now God is sending Nehemiah before the people. Y'all, I'm a Nehemiah in this house. So what God is going to show me, even in this house, he's going to show me the Tobias. He's going to show me the Sanballat's. He's going to show me the ones that's trying to stop this work right here in the house. Why? Because he want me to be ready for what they're even trying to do. Do you know that we can have Tobias? You can have Tobias. You can have Sambalas right there in your home. Because when you are going out to be a repair of the breach, he's going to use people that's close to you to try to stop you from doing what God called you to do. It could be a husband. It could be a wife. This is why Nehemiah had prayer. He had communication with the king. And everything that happened, he began to seek God. So we see here that when the people were coming together, y'all, to build this wall, it said in verse 19, chapter 2, but when Sambalat the Hornite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, and Jasim the Arabian heard it, listen at this, They laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing that ye do? Will you rebel against the king? Now look at this. This is what the enemy do. Remember, and still in chapter 2, they heard what Nehemiah was doing in verse 10. They heard about it. They were grieved. The enemy gets grieved when he knows that you're rising up for the occasion. But he get grieved, but he's waiting for an opportunity. Because sin lies at the door and waits for you. So when they found out they were going forth in this, they began to mock them. They began to come against them. Why did the, the enemy do that? I'm going to give you an example. 
when God is sending you to a place and you know God is sending you, the first thing the enemy going to say is, you don't need to be going in that place. You ain't ready to go in that place. People ain't going to um, receive you when you go into that place. You might as well stay home. You ain't worthy. You know what you did. You know how you done it. So what he's doing, he's laughing at you. He's mocking you. He's making you think that you're not worthy. He's making you think that you cannot go do what God has called you to do. That's his job. Even when it comes to healing, when God tells you you already healed, oh, you ain't healed. Your body's still hurting. You better go check that out. You might die tonight. He's going to come back to twist what God is saying because he don't want you to be a repairer of the breach. So then we look. After they've done all this, this is what I lack in chapter 3. Y'all, they began to work together. They were in unity. Everybody was doing their part. What's happening in the body of Christ today? This is saying that they come together and they was placed where they needed to be to build that wall. Everybody had a place. Everybody has a place in the kingdom. That means whatever God is telling you to do, stay in your lane. That's where he positioned you at. But we was talking about Tuesday how there's confusion. People out of their lane. Going every which way. In everybody else's business. And leaving your position open for the enemy. That's how these gaps come in. Y'all didn't know this. This is how these gaps come in. Let me start at the door back there. Elnor is the head usher for the ushers. Y'all know y'all see them ushers at that door every Sunday, right? So Elnor is supposed to be the one that show them how things supposed to be done. So when they standing at that door, Elnor, she's going to be watching. She's going to be seeing if they up on their game, if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing or if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So let's say she have two back there at the door. Next thing you know, you have one missing in action, not at that door. So that means that somebody done got past that side because that one on the other side said, ain't my side. So I'll put it this way. Somebody that come past that side was somebody that come in here to do evil. Now, understand this. The usher's at the door, but then you have security. And let's say security wasn't in their place. Everybody was so unorganized that they missed what was coming up in the house. Because they were not in their position. They were not in their place. So this is why it takes working together. This is why you can't be missing in action because there's going to be a gap. And if there is a gap, the enemy gets room to come in and that gap have to be filled. Why? Because how can we walk together unless we be agreed? You cannot, Elno cannot put nobody at that door that don't know nothing. Elno cannot put nobody at that door that hasn't been taught properly. That don't know about the kingdom of God. That don't know what this ministry is teaching. Why? Because something will get messed up. And that's how the enemy come in. This is why we have division in the body of Christ. Because you got one coming and you got one going. And then when them two come together, the one that's never here, guess what? There's a gap. But everybody think they know so much. Everybody think that they know the pattern of God. That's why they do as they please. 
This is why they take people off the street, let them drum. They take people off the street, they let them play the keyboard. They take people off the street, long as you got a voice, sing. You got a gap. Light and darkness don't mix. That's not God's pattern. In that case, all of us should not have gotten saved. Sing. This is how the enemy come in. This is why there's a breach. This is why, y'all, we have to follow God's way of doing things. These people were in covenant with God. These people were on one accord. These people were after the same vision. They had a focus on building that wall. Guess what? It wasn't on them. They were focused on what Nehemiah was putting them in place to do. And this is talking about kingdom. When we're focused on kingdom, guess what? We will see the manifestation of the kingdom because we're doing it God's way and not our way. Look at your neighbor say, quit getting out of place. Say, stay in your lane. So after all of this, they began to build, y'all. And when the enemy in chapter 4 was seeing what they were doing and how they were coming together, they were turning up the heat. The enemy will begin to turn up the heat. They will begin to mock. They will begin to ridicule. Say, look what they're doing. It ain't going to work. A fox will come by and the wall will fall down. So he was trying to discourage the people talking cash junk. But Nehemiah said, wait a minute. I have the king of kings. I have the Lord of lords. He's the one that called us to do this. He's the one that purposed this in our hearts. And this shall be done. Nehemiah began to stand up. Not only did he begin to stand up, he began to set a watch. So the enemy wouldn't come in and try to tear up what God was building up. What's happening in the body of Christ? We ain't got no watchers. We got leavers. Leaving things undone. Or coming up with your own conclusion. Or coming up with your own opinion. It ain't no opinion outside of the word of God. So he said, we're going to set a watch. This is the funny part, y'all. They were building with one hand and had weapons in the other. This is exactly what they were doing. They were building and watching, building and watching. They had it going on. What am I telling you? Even in your life, there's areas in your life that you have overcome. The victory has already been won, but you're supposed to guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. That means that whatever seed that you have planted in your heart, that seeds still have to be guarded it has to be guarded against mockery it has to be guarded against the things that the enemy will send through people to uproot that seed to stop you from believing what god has called you to do so in order to be a repairer of the breach you have to guard you have to watch you have to be in prayer you have to say god now you already know what's happening god god i need some orders from the kingdom And as he give it to you, you put it in place. See, y'all, I'm a watcher. I may not say nothing. Y'all must think I'm stupid. I'm watching. I may walk past you, but I'm watching. I already know what's up. You know why I know what's up? 
because I serve a mighty God. I already know when you don't like what I say, when you don't like what I do, when you say we shouldn't be doing this, it's like we up under law. No, you ain't up under law. You up under the law of the kingdom. We do things the way the kingdom. See, people are not used to doing things kingdom way. They're used to doing it the world's way. I come and go as I please and I'm still do what I do. And you're going to let me do it or I'm going to get you fired. Talking to pastors. We got to be the repairs of the breach. In order to do that, we have to stand in the gap, y'all. For things that we see that's going on that is not right, we begin to fast. We begin to pray. We begin to intercede. We begin to say, Lord, give Apostle Amanda strength to carry out this plan and this purpose, God, that you have for your people, God. You see what the enemy desires to do. But, God, we tear down every, every weapon that the enemy is sending out against her, that the enemy is sending out against Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry because you called us to this. No prayer in the house of God because we can't even stay awake to pray. If you want to be a repair of the breach and you want to go out to do what God has called you to do, You got to be trained, people. You got to sit up under teaching. You got to know who you are. You got to know who you belong to. And in order to be teach, you got to come into a place to be taught. Come on, I don't even want to hear the Holy Ghost teach you all things. Yes, he do, but he put you up under people. In that case, why are you working then? Sit home. Because when you go on them jobs, somebody got to teach you how to do the job. Is that not right? So I want y'all to think about that. I don't need to come up in the church. I'm the church. Well, why do you go on your job? Can anybody answer that for me? Why do you go on your job? What, what apostle? To get paid. And, and who, who are you up under? A supervisor. But what's your title, apostle? No. For the kingdom. Apostle. You got an apostle up under a supervisor. Why? Because she's bringing kingdom. And now that she's bringing kingdom, the supervisors are stout. Because every floor they put her on, she's the top in the floor. How many was in the the spectrum? How many was in that? It was 300 on your floor. Who was top? Why is she top? Because the kingdom is in the house. And the kingdom's supposed to outshine what they're doing. And you know how she do it? She's there to please God and not man. And every floor they put her on, top. Why? Because she go in there to get the job done. She ain't worrying about who do this or who do that. She's doing it for the kingdom. And while she's doing it for the kingdom, she's reaching folks through what she's doing. But we go on a job, and guess what we're looking for? I'm going to get promoted. I'm going to get a raise. No. And I remember Pastor told me this. Even when the sales go down just a little bit, she said, Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you, God, for what you're giving me today, and I thank you, God, that there will be more. Because she's giving it to him. And God keep bringing more, y'all, because she represents the kingdom. She's a repairer of the breach. 
This is what we supposed to be doing everywhere we go. We supposed, we supposed to shine. We supposed to be a city that sits on a hill. Why? For the whole world to see and behold his glory. Cause we're bringing truth to them. But what do we do? We don't want to do no more than we have to do. Or if we have to do it, we want people to know we done it. It's not about us. It's about him. So in chapter four, they were coming against them. Nehemiah began to set a watch. They began to work together. But in chapter five, they begin to turn on themselves. And you know what Nehemiah did? He stepped in and let them know, these are your brothers. See, this is where I step in too. You know how we stand together? We're supposed to be standing together to make sure there ain't no gap. And then all of a sudden, brother and sister coming against each other. They begin to quarrel. And Nehemiah said, wait a minute, you give them back what belonged to them. That ain't happening up in here. And then they got themselves together. Then after they got themselves together and that wall was coming together except the gate, here come the enemy again. They could not get him with what they were doing, so they said, let's meet him where we are. They sent in a prophet that was amongst Nehemiah. Oh, surely he'll hear the prophet. Nehemiah said, I ain't coming down to you. He said, this work that God has given me is a great work, so why should I cease this work? And come down to you. God ain't told me to stop this work. To go have tea and coffee with you. You ain't going to buy me with food. Some of us is bought still with material stuff. And we get off of what God has um, started. Because we're still looking at us. But Nehemiah said I'm not coming off this wall. And after they got the wall built. Guess what Nehemiah did. He began to bring a teacher in the house. Ezra. He said, now go back over all these laws. We done got the wall built, apostle. See, this is when you come together for Clem training school, right? And you come together and he said, I want you to give them everything that God has given through his word. And as he gave them the word, the people began to do what? Mourn because of the word of God. Because they had left the word so long. And then when the word began to come back to them, change began to come change this is what i'm saying this is why you need to be in a place that's going to bring you change to be in a place that's going to give you nothing but truth so you can live by truth so you can live as a kingdom citizen so nobody won't be able to change you that's why every chance the house of god is open we should be in it i don't care how tired you are you should be in here to say god i need this word I need to be filled up. I ain't never seen a car run on E, not unless it was miraculous. Because you got to stop to them gas pumps and fill up every now and then. You can't run but so long off a full tank, y'all. And when that light start dinging, ding, shut up. I got 30 more miles. Let me see how far I can go on 30. But guess what? If I'm not mistaken, don't you mess up your fuel pump or something, huh? See, y'all don't think I know nothing. Make your fuel pump weak when you keep trying it like that. Then you got another bill. See, that's what we do when we stay out of the word of God. We get weak. That's how the enemy come in and and knock a hole in the wall. That's how he come in and he do stuff in your family because you done ran out of gas and still trying to run off of what you got over a month ago. And ain't been back in the word of God after a month. And then you wondering, well, how did that old devil get up in here? You let him up in there. That's why you got to stay full of the word of God. 
And when you stay full of the word of God, you begin to see you. And you begin to know how to talk to people. You begin to know how to go in and go out. So God is saying, y'all, we are kingdom people. We're part of the citizen of heaven, of the kingdom. God takes care of his citizens. So when God send you out, you don't have to worry about what you eat, what you drink, or how you're going to be clothed. God has already made the way for you. God has already prepared it for you. He's just saying, I want you to trust me, and I want you to go. That's what Nehemiah did. Nehemiah didn't even have what he needed to build those walls. But because he was trusting God, you have not because you ask not. He began to ask the king, and the king gave him what he asked for. Miracle Temple, we may not have the things that we need to do what we need to do right now. But if you amongst people, and God open up your heart, and he tell you to ask them for what you need need and they begin to ask you begin to ask and they say all right I'm gonna give you more than that because I believe that the church that you're in that they're doing a great work from the Lord if you need more come back it's not a matter of what you don't have God got somebody to give you what you don't have and we get mad they think they're gonna get blood out of a turnip you can't be a part of the work because your heart ain't right you still looking to you to do it. Everybody in this place got some debt. Mm-hmm. Got some debt. But guess what? When your heart is for God and it's for his people, you can be debt free in less than a month. God can take you out of debt so you can be, so you can help the kingdom more. But see, if our hearts and our minds is not on God and the things of God, God ain't going to help you get out of debt just for you. See, we're looking to get out of debt just for us. But God said it's for my kingdom. Let me tell you what the Lord is saying today, and I want y'all to understand this. God is saying the kingdom of God rules over all. The kingdom of God rules over all. So everywhere you go, you got rule over what's going on. You got rule over sickness. You got rule over lack. You got rule over um, anxiety. You got rule. The kingdom rules over all. Go to Psalms 103. I'll give you the scripture. In Psalms 103, it says 19. The Lord hath prepared his throne in heaven, and his kingdom ruleth over all. So that means we have no excuse. Because God has given us the keys to the kingdom. He's given us a right to rule and reign here on this earth. But in order for us to do it the way God wants us to do it, y'all, we're going to have to get ourselves in position to do it. And that means giving up us first. Letting go of what we want, when we want it, and how we want it, and saying, God, here am I. God, my dependency is upon you. It's upon the kingdom. God, without you, I can do nothing. You are the vine. I'm the branch. So, Lord, here I am. Use me, God, for your glory. And I'm going to tell you how I know the kingdom rule over y'all. Y'all, you got to try him. Because, see, any time that you're getting ready to present something, things will pop up in your life. And you got to try God for who he is. I know um, people up the road. Um, where Apostle is, the Raleigh area, Winston-Salem, and up there where my daughter is, got a lot of snow. And um, that Tuesday, the buses, um, my daughter couldn't look up the buses to tell where the buses were. 
and it was very cold. And she said, Mom, I'm going to have to walk to class. It was like a 15-minute walk. And I said, wait a minute, Ariel. She said, I'm going to have to walk to class. I said, no, check the bus to see when the buses are coming where you are. She said, Mom, I can't even pull up the bus. We, they're not even showing where the buses are. I said, okay, Ariel. So I got off the phone and I sat there. I said, wait a minute. I said, in the name of Jesus. I speak right now that it shows up. She said, the system ain't working. I said, I speak that the system come up and it's showing where those buses are running right now in Jesus' name. And y'all, when I said it, I began to stand up and I said, hallelujah. God said, that's what I'm talking about. You a kingdom citizen. You have a right to command. Getting my praise on y'all. Phone rung. She said, mama, it's back up. What did God say? And don't say it was just a coincidence. No, I put my mouth in it. I put the word. I said, ah, my baby ain't walking and nobody else ain't walking. You coming up in the name of Jesus. That's what we do. Because we kingdom. Remember, the kingdom rules over all. That's why we speak those things that be not as though they were. We stand up in our authority and say, ah, not today. God has given us the kingdom. He has given us the earth. He wants his kingdom to come from heaven here on earth. And in order for that to happen, we have to rise up in our thoughts. Yes, that's what they said. But what is the kingdom? What is the report of the kingdom? You you know what I see right now? I see a news person sitting in the chair and saying, well, this is what NBC News is saying. But this is what the kingdom of God is saying for you today. Y'all, we know we need that on television. This is what they're reporting in the Middle East. But this is what the kingdom is saying for his people today. Apostle, we got to do that thing. This is what they're saying on CNN. But my God in the morning, this is what the kingdom is saying. This is what they're saying. They're saying that we're going to be in lack. But that ain't what the kingdom is saying today. The kingdom said greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. The kingdom said he has supplied all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. This is the report of the kingdom today. Don't take that idea because that comes from heaven. So we're getting ready to have us a a, a show that said, this is what the kingdom is saying today. Y'all tune in and watch to what the kingdom is saying, because it's going to remind you of what kingdom have to say. CNN has now reported. Newsflash, this is what the kingdom is saying today. Y'all, if we be kingdom minded and we focus on the kingdom, don't y'all know people will tap into it. Because it's going to say, uh-uh, they ain't what the kingdom said. They ain't what the kingdom said. Because, see, this is what they said. They said they get my stuff in order because my time is nigh. But then you walk in and say, the kingdom said that you shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. So rise up off your bed of affliction. See, we kingdom. We're supposed to have a different report. Why? Because we're hearing from him. We're hearing. What have you heard lately? What did the kingdom say to you lately? What has the kingdom been reporting to you lately? If you ain't heard no report, it's because you ain't been in it. The Holy Spirit reminds you. He testifies to you 
kingdom. He's not going to go outside the kingdom. We have to wait and hear from the kingdom. Because I'll say, God, I don't know what to do. I need a report from the kingdom. And see, I'm coming into the kingdom because I need an answer. Because I can't get it from the world. I need it straight from the kingdom. And whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. Speak, Lord. And you trust him enough to know he's going to give you the answer. So we need to hear y'all from the kingdom. So God said, in order for you to be a repairer of the breach, that's for all of us. It's not just for the fivefold. That's for everybody that's born again that have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It is for you to hear the report of the kingdom. And it is for you to set time apart in fasting and in prayer and say, God, what gaps do I have in my life that's stopping me from moving forward in the things of the kingdom? Because y'all, once you accept Jesus, it's no longer you that live, but it's Christ that lives in you. And the life that you now live in the flesh, you live by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and died for you. Everything in your life is dependent upon the kingdom. It's not dependent upon you no more. You have to follow what the kingdom is saying, and then you won't have to work so hard, y'all. You can rest in him. You can rest in his promise. Guess what I learned, y'all? God going to take care of me. You know why he's going to take care of me? Because I left everything for the kingdom. I made up my mind. Me and my husband, we said, God, it's not about us. It's all about what you want. Come on, y'all, let's just be real. This has been over 17 years. I left my job. My husband left his job. And we're working for the kingdom. People look at us like we're thieves and robbers. They see us moving up and they say we're taking money from people. If I showed you proof, you would still say I'm lying. If I told you what come in and what we need every week, you would still say I'm lying. Because you're not having your mind on kingdom. See, when I'm trusting the kingdom, I know my daddy. He's going to take care of me because I'm a kingdom citizen. And when I say, God, you chose me for this. And I come in upon trusting God. And God said that whoever give up houses, land, family, for his sake in the kingdom, now in this lifetime, you're going to receive a hundredfold. And I stand on that no matter how little it look. I say, God, this is what your word say. Now I'm a kingdom and I got rights. So I got a right to command what belongs to me. And I don't supposed to be all day long doing it. If I'm kingdom, I'm supposed to command it and go on about my father's business. That's what Jesus did. He knew God was going to take care of him. He knew everywhere the soles of his feet tread. He was going to possess that land. Because guess what? Kingdom is coming in. Now, legion, come out. Because legion can't stay when the power of light come in the midst of darkness. Y'all got to understand, wherever you go, demons going to flee. They're going to run from you, but we're running from them. Why are we running from them? Because we don't know we kingdom. When we, should, we should walk proud. Not trying to hold pride, but we should walk proud. And say, you know what? 
You will be healed, delivered, and set free today. Because kingdom has come unto you. That's how we should walk, knowing what we possess. When you know what you possess, you shouldn't have to be worried about it. You should just live it. Amen? So God said, in order to be a repairer of the breach, you got to script yourself. Get rid of you. And let me tell you something. When you really want to get rid of you, it won't take a decade to do it. When you really want to let go of you, I'm telling you, when you make up your mind to really let go of you, that's when God's going to really use you. Some of us are not being used the way God want to use us because we don't want to let go of us. We don't want to let go of our desires, our dreams, or let go of what we're doing. But when you shut you down and you begin to live in the kingdom, you ain't going to want to go back to what you used to do. Y'all, God is a good, good father. And he loved us so much that he gave us the very best. And if he gave us the very best and we know what we have, we should be living what we have. We should not be living like the world. We should be different, y'all. And that's what God is saying today. You cannot be a repairer of the breach until you close up those gaps in your life first. But once all of that is closed, you can go forward and you can build. Amen. So we give God glory. I want to um, thank the ones on.